0: Will 2023 be the last year that we see Joseph Daniel Votto as a member of the Cincinnati Reds? Would Votto accept a trade somewhere in 2023 to a contender for a chance to win a World Series ring? Might the front office pick up Kyle Farmer's $6 million option to keep him the shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds for the coming baseball season? Mo Edgar is back to talk about all of that and a whole lot more right now on today's Locked On Reds.
1: Hit it. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker, and also Mo Egger. If you didn't get a chance to make sure you check out the first part of Steve's conversation with Mo Egger yesterday as they take a look at uh, what the ownership of the Reds could do to actually repair their relationship with Reds fans, <clears throat> it's not a whole lot, but you are listening to the Locked On Reds and watching the Locked On Reds podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms on the second part of Steve's conversation with Mo Egger. We are going to look at this off season, look at a couple of key decisions that the reds have to make, and we're going to get into a crystal ball and we're going to see exactly whether or not Joey Votto is playing his last year as a Cincinnati red. Kind of glad I wasn't there for this conversation, this part of this conversation. Anyway, we'll jump right into that right now.
0: All right, well, let's shift this to some actual baseball moves and talks, things that have happened thus far. Uh, I want to start with the coaching changes that were announced last week. And, and Jeff and I did a whole episode on this, Mo, and we, we basically came away with the vibe that it's mostly a whole lot of nothing. It's a little bit of, look, we did something. Uh, we never felt David Bell was in jeopardy. And, and this is where we are right now. They dismissed the five coaches. Uh, the one that stuck out to me the most, though, was uh, the overhaul that's afoot in the the medical group, with changing the conditioning and the training, and and trying to get more healthy, get the players. Uh, I guess they felt uh, were overly injured, and there was a lot of injuries this year. But the coaching changes as a whole, how do
1: you view that? What's what's the lens that you look at that through? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not fair because maybe they will bring in people who are better at those jobs than the people that they let go. I certainly will allow for those that for that to be possible, but did the Reds lose a hundred games because Delano De Shields does a bad job coaching first base? No, nope. <laughs> they lost a hundred games because they assembled a terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> now, were those players terrible because Lee Tunnel didn't do a good enough job charting the, the how many warm-up pitches Joe Kunell is throwing in the bullpen no they they lost 100 games because Joe Connell pitched in over 50 of them that that's so now that that said, I certainly understand why I, I I believe that you should always be looking to be better and and if mm-hmm. you believe our franchise could be better because we like, uh, this guy this guy this guy to fill these roles that were operated or that were filled by this guy this guy and this guy then then go ahead and do it. Um, but I, I just I don't care that much about frankly even who the manager is at this point um, mm-hmm. this first of all they, they have to get to a point where there's enough quality big league players on the field every single night for me to really care about who the first base coach and hitting coach and bullpen coach and even manager are. Secondly, I'm a little bit more interested in four or five years from now. What are we saying about how good the Reds are at continually developing, acquiring and developing big league talent and getting into the big leagues And ensuring that those guys are ready to contribute, excuse me, immediately. I'm really interested in, you know, we've, it's, it's the easiest thing to bring up, but people chafe at the Cardinal way, right? Mm -hmm. The Cardinal way has existed for 50 years. I mean, for my entire life, that franchise has been terrific at just, they're constantly cranking up. they, They get guys from other teams, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, obviously on this year's team. Uh most recently, but 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 that that franchise just does a really good job of there's a constant churn, and that's that's not a four or five year thing, that's my entire life. They've always been good at that. Um I don't want to wait 45 years to reach that conclusion about the Reds, but I, I want to see this franchise get to a point where the whole, you know, devote payroll to the resources thing, that's what that was about, right? Mm-hmm. We 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 are we are going to become a franchise that is so good at cranking out big league talent that when it gets here, it's ready to contribute that suddenly we could absorb free agency losses. We can trade away a player who's making a lot of money and it's going to make sense for us. We, we can, we can be a little bit more choosy in who we acquire from the outside. We can, we could afford to trade away prospects because, you know, we can go and get a guy who's established right now, but we've got a lot of prospects. That to you know, me, interesting. You know, it's interesting
0: about what you just said right there. So mm-hmm. you talked a little bit ago about Nick Craw needing some media training. And I actually said this on an episode last week. So you and I are in total agreement on that, that he needs some serious coaching. But what you just said right there is what he should have said this past week when he was talking to the media about the development of the players, but instead in his Nick crawl way, he made it about not signing free agents and about not upgrading the team. And instead sitting back and waiting for players to develop instead of pitching it, like you just pitched it because the way that you just pitched it is exactly correct. That's exactly what this team should do. That's exactly where this team needs to be. And it's their disaster with messaging and, uh, I have a hard time because I try and be optimistic and tell people that it's not always as bad as you perceive it to be. And I think there's a lot of, of good coming for this franchise. And I wish maybe, maybe you need to go have a sit down and a beer with Nick crawl and help him (laughs) a little bit. The
1: guy just needs a little bit of help. Mo. Uh, I, I would love to, I think to be fair, Nick was answering pretty direct questions about the transition from this year to next. So I, I, the way he talked didn't look. Nobody wants to hear. Essentially, yeah, what we were at the end of this year is what we're going to be at the end of at the beginning of next season. I don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. Fine. What I wish he would just come out and say honestly. And and people get mad at me when I say this. I wish Nick Crawl would come out and say, you know what? We want to be like the Cardinals, and that's not going to happen overnight. Okay. We want to be like the Cardinals because, again, for decades now, they've been great at acquiring and developing and promoting and thriving with talent that that they that came through their system. We want to be great at producing big league ballplayers. And if we do that, then we're going to be in a position to supplement what we do with outside acquisitions. Look, the Cardinals are obviously not always great. They flamed out early here in the postseason. They haven't lost 90 games in a season, I think, since 1990. Uh, that's not luck. And that's not, you know, outspending everybody. That's being great. That's having a great system. So now uh, I- getting back to the moves they made with the coaching staff, if you want to, if you want to say to me, look, we've got a a way that we're going to do things here in an effort to be like the Cardinals. And we don't think that Delano DeShields and Lee Tunnel and Alan Zinter and these other guys, we don't think they fit that vision. And so we're going to replace them with people that mirror the philosophies, or mirror the sort of folks we have working in the minor league system. And in five or six years, wait till you see what our minor league system has developed. And while our minor league system is being lauded for what they have developed, we'll still be able to tell you what they are developing, right? That's, that's the idea, right? This Mm -hmm. to have a pipeline, a constant churn of just constantly guys are getting to the big leagues and they're ready to play. That's going to take a few years. Um, I know there's a lot of folks who don't want to hear that. And and I'll be honest with you. I'm, I can relate to that, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm tired of watching the reds be out of the race by father's day. I'm tired of the reds losing 90 plus games. I I, I dread next season. And I mean, it's October and I'm, I'm dreading just, all right, it's uh, Memorial day. Let's, uh, let's talk about who they might trade at the depth. Like I, I, I it's not why I got into this. I got into this to talk about baseball games and the more the team stinks, the less the baseball games actually matter. But I think, I think it would, it would help the reds. If Nick would basically just say that, like we've spent three decades being the antithesis of the Cardinals. And so now we're trying to undo much of the last three decades by being like the Cardinals and it's going to take some time. And yes, it sucks. And I know you're tired of waiting and you probably don't want to come watch this stuff in the short term, but boy, if it works, you're really going to like the results and you're going to look back at this stretch of time and go, God, it was worth it. Um, we'll see. We'll be back
0: with plenty more conversation with Mo Egger, and you can bet that that is going to be very, very interesting. And if you want to know what else you should be betting on head over to our good friends at BetOnline.net. Because betonline.net is your number one source for football betting, for baseball playoff betting, for NBA betting, for NHL betting. If you want to bet on it, they've got it right down to golf, which one of these days I'm going to have to figure out exactly how that works. I'm very intrigued by it. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news. They've got podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. They've got live betting and up-to-the-minute scores on every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. In addition to the ones that I mentioned already, the MLB, the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, they've also got MMA Boxing. I've mentioned before they have golf. If you want to bet on it, They've got it for you, and they've got all of the information that you need to make an informed decision as you spend your betting dollars and get that big, big win. You can head to betonline.net right now on your computer or your mobile device to get in on all of the action. It's betonline is where the game starts. All right, we are going to jump right back into my conversation with Mo. He's got some interesting takes on uh, a variety of toxic, uh, a variety of topics, including uh, some relationship advice sprinkled in there as well. So make sure you stick around for the whole interview because you are definitely not going to want to miss that. Uh, here's the rest of my talk with Mo Egger. Cool. Mm. Well, let's dial in on a couple specific players because I'm kind of interested to see how uh, a few things play out over the next this offseason and into the next. So I want to start with Kyle Farmer because I, I, I will be honest, I don't get some of the love affair that the city has with Kyle farmer. And I think maybe some of it traces to the broadcast and, and one broadcaster in particular that really sings Kyle farmer's praises all the time. In fact, went so far and and let's just call it, you know, when Barry Larkin said Kyle farmer should be extended and get the C on his chest. Uh, you know, it it blew my mind because (laughs) while I think Kyle farmer has been, uh, performed admirably in in a couple different positions and his defense has been great. Uh, He has been consistently a below average major league hitter his entire time here. And I, I don't get it. So his arm number comes out. He's at $6 million. The Reds face a decision now, whether or not they're going to pick up that money. Here's my concern that they do pick up that money and pay Kyle Farmer the $6 million simply because they do not want another PR backlash Uh, on top of PR backlash after PR backlash. What are your thoughts on Kyle Farmer, the player, and what they should do as far as picking up his arb?
1: Kyle Farmer's a fine player. Kyle Farmer represents what I think is what's cool about baseball and that the Reds make this big trade with the Dodgers. We go crazy over Yassi Elpweig. We get excited about Rihanna's ex-boyfriend. We talk about (laughs) Alex Wood and the guy who's still here is Kyle Farmer, the throw-in, the guy that nobody talked about. I think that's cool. Um, Kyle's had a nice run in Cincinnati. Kyle Farmer is not going to be playing shortstop or third base on an everyday basis. The next time the Reds are good. Um, I think sometimes you have to give your fans credit. Okay. If, if the Reds moved on from Kyle Farmer and, and I certainly not opposed to Kyle Farmer being on the baseball team next year. And it's not like they have a lot of heavy payroll commitments. And, you know, let's be honest, Jose Barrero was a disaster. And so Correct. if the idea was for Barrero to basically wrestle the gig away from Kyle Farmer, that did not happen. If Kyle Farmer's on the team next season, it's $6 million. What else are you going to do with the $6 million? Um, You got to field a team. You could do worse than Kyle Farmer. At the same time, if they were to just go, look, we got as much out of you as we can. Thanks for everything. Peace out. We're going to non-tender. We're going to trade you, whatever it is. The backlash might be instant and it might be loud and it would almost instantaneously go away. I I think you have to give I I, I think sometimes what we do, and I, I'm as guilty of it as anybody, you um you kind of get caught up in listening to the loudest voices, right? The loudest voices are usually the, the first people to chime in. Your average Reds fan, I mean, let's be honest, if if you're still paying attention to this team after 590-plus loss seasons since 2015, is the last straw really going to be trading <laughs> Kyle Farmer? Is there somebody sitting on the fence right now about season tickets for next year who's like, honey, look, set that money aside, don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, might buy a 20-game package, got to see what they do with Kyle Farmer. <laughs> I mean, would folks get mad for a day? I guess so. And I, I don't know who you would replace them with, but I hope to God whatever they do with Kyle Farmer simply reflects how they feel about him as a player and his value relative to what he's looking to make and his value maybe relative to what arbitration says he's going to get or his value relative to what they could get for him in a, in a trade. If they, they 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 should no longer be in the business of making decisions based on fan reaction? I mean, this is the time, honestly, in a weird way, this is the time to ignore your fans. They're gone. They're not coming back, right? At this point, it's like worrying about pissing off your ex-wife. It's like if... You know, your your wife calls you and you're out. Right. And you, you're you out later than you said you would. And she's pissed off. You might as well stay out. She's already upset. <laughs> so, like, now's the time for the Reds to basically go. All right. So what are they going to do? Fly another billboard or fly a, another uh, put up another billboard encouraging me to sell the team. But People who aren't coming to the games are just not going to come to the games even more. So, you know, the I, the Kyle, I mean. Honest to God, is is there anybody whose fandom is hinging on Kyle Farmer? Is there anybody who's like, look, honey, for Christmas, I want the Kyle Farmer jersey, who if he doesn't get it because he's now a Dodger or a White Sox is going to just, you know, lose his mind? No. Uh, (laughs) Folks will uh, move on very quickly from Kyle Farmer if he's not here. And again, I have no major issue with him being on the team. Uh, spending six million dollars on him for next season at face value to me doesn't make a lot of sense but they do need to field a team next year and as much as i think it's silly to suggest that kyle farmers th- the guy you wanted shortstop every day for the next four or five years what do you got that's better next season it's i don't think it's jose barrero so I, whatever that's, they that's do point whatever it's, they do it can't be because they're worried that it's going to piss people off because people are already pissed off. And, and I just want to
0: say that the, the locked on reds podcast does not endorse Mo Edgar's relationship advice. If your wife is mad at you, don't stay out and provoke her more. I'm just saying she will become your ex-wife.
1: Look, man, I've (laughs) I've done this before. Hey, are you coming home? No. Well, I'm going to bed. Okay. Well, then I'm really not coming home. Well, so I could watch you snore. No, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm out i'm having a good time you want to be pissed off in the morning we'll talk about it then I, I, but it, i mean it's it's true right with this team right like it, it oh is. fans are gonna be mad oh, they're already mad oh okay <laughs> oh no they're gonna be madder like they're not spending money with the reds what are they what are they demand to take money from the reds like so, yeah, there's going to be angry – fans are already – I mean, I talked about this in relation to the trade deadline with Castillo and Malley because there were a lot of us who feared, oh, they could maybe get a team to overpay for Luis Castillo. They can maybe get a lot for Tyler Malley. Maybe they can, maybe they can. not Maybe they will, maybe they won't. What you hope doesn't happen is they go – well, golly gee, fans are really pissed off. So you know what? Let's not make him even angrier. Like they're already, you're, nobody's going to your games anyway. So who cares? Which they've done,
0: and they've done that in the past. They have no operated doubt.
1: that way. Well, it, like the 2015 with the all-star game, right? Like, oh, well, we we don't want to ruin the all-star game. So we're going to hang out of these guys that everybody knows we're going to trade. Like the all-star game was going to have 11,000 people at it if they traded Todd Frazier. I mean, like- <laughs> People were going to, those all-star game tickets that they bought season tickets in order to get, they were going to give them back because they traded Johnny Cueto? Like, I think it, at some point you have to give your fans credit. I think most fans could understand why you would decide that Kyle Farmer isn't a big part of your team moving forward. And for those who don't, they're probably not patronizing your uh, your business anyway.
0: Well, let's move to a guy before we get you out of here that will have slightly more of an impact than Kyle Farmer when the Reds do whatever it is they're going to do. And that's Joey Votto. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a reasonable expectation to look at 2023 as probably his Cincinnati goodbye tour. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know. uh, Let's start right there. Uh, cause I've learned to never doubt Joey Votto. Every time I've let doubt about Joey creep in my head, he's gone out and done something spectacular and reminded me just how great he has been as a Cincinnati red. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm already looking at him for comeback player of the year <laughs> in 2023, just because that is how Joey Votto has always played this game. All that being said, is there a scenario, is there a level of performance that Joey Votto can deliver in 2023 that would get the Cincinnati Reds to exercise the option and keep him here in 2024?
1: Well, it's weird because in 2024, I mean, you're you're still, let's say they pick up the option. I mean, right now, there's no other hard payroll commitment. Now, at some point, Tyler Stevenson's going to get more money and Jonathan India's going to get more money. Um, I find it hard to believe that it's going to make sense for them to have a 40 year old first baseman making $20 million a year. I just, I love Joey Votto. We all do. Joey Votto is one of my top five all time favorite players. Um, and this version of Joey Votto that we see now going to high school football games and hanging out in the stands at GAB, I love it. I, I, Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, I feel bad that there are people who have not enjoyed Joey's career to the extent that they could have. And by the way, part of that is on the reds themselves because they haven't been good for the second half of Joey's career. I feel bad that when we talk about all time reds, greats he'll sort of stand out as the guy that's not really associated with winning. And that's not his fault. I I hate all that. Let's take all that aside and just look at the numbers. He hasn't been an elite player since 2017. He had a very nice, fun, resurgent 2021. Hit the ball out of the ballpark a bunch. He turns 40 next year. Is he going to hit 36 home runs next season? Probably not. Probably not. Would love it if he did. He'll be the comeback player of the year if he does. But in 2024, he will be. He turns 40 next September 10th, I think. $20 million for a 40-year-old first baseman. Is is that is that does that make sense? And if he has a resurgent, and you know he probably can't be any worse than he was this year. He's probably mathematically it's uh, the odds are pretty good that he's better in two thousand twenty three. But if he's good in two thousand twenty three, what are the odds he's good again in two thousand twenty four? So to me, if he has a resurgent season. I say we enjoy it for what it is, which is a chance for him to leave the Cincinnati Reds as still a productive player. Now, you can decline the option. Joey can hit free agency and he could say, look, boy, you know what? The, the core of this team is pretty good. And I do want to retire as a red. I'd like to keep playing. I know it doesn't make sense for me to, for you guys to pay me 20 mil, but is there a role off the bench where I play against righties? Uh, I DH here and there and you pay me a fraction of 20 mil. If I was Joey, I wouldn't do that because <laughs> hey, you know, my options, but, but in, is there a world where that's possible? Well, if you take him at face value that he wants to remain a Cincinnati red. Okay. But in the absence of that, again, if he's good in 2023, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to repeat it in 2024. It's just not how, how it works. I mean, Players usually age in a way that their statistics pale in comparison to what they used to be. That's been the case for a while now. Why would that change over a two-year period? So what I think should happen, and I couldn't tell you if I think this will happen or won't happen because you've talked about you've learned not to bet against Joey Votto. I've learned not to really predict anything about Joey Votto. Um, Because I remember 10 years ago, you know, he was as good as gone, right? No, still here. Um, (laughs) If he has a terrific 2023, I, I think that's a chance to send Joey out on a positive note. He was still a productive player. He bolstered his Hall of Fame chances you could have a special Joey Votto celebration at the end of the year. And maybe it coincides with the team performing better and a feeling that by the end of the season, like the franchise has turned a little bit, but, but I, I really struggle with the idea that he should be a part of this franchise moving forward at the kind of money it just take, take what you've come to expect and know about Joey, take what we all, we all love him. I mean, at this point, if you're a Reds fan and you don't love Joey Votto, you've just chosen to do that. He he mm-hmm. could never win you over. Um, a remarkable career. It should be commemorated in the in the in the in the correct way. What I think would be interesting about the scenario of Joey having a resurgent season, though, is um the Reds are probably still not going to be contenders. Joey's having a good year. What happens at the trade deadline? Because for for years, folks who have said, well, God, if if the Reds could just trade Joey, and you've heard from those people, Steve, I know I have, well, nobody wanted to make a long term investment in the guy in his late 30s making 25 mil a year. But if you're a team in the hunt and you're looking for a bat, maybe it's a part time bat and the Reds are still not even close to contention. And there's Joey Votto. And now all you got to do is pay him for two months and decline the team option for next year. Now, Joey could obviously say no to any trade. He has said he wants to retire a red. He's also said he wants to win a world series. I think that's the really interesting thing, right? That to me, this is not a conversation we have if he isn't hitting or if he's hurt, but what if he has a good year next year? Does Nick Craw get offers for Joey Votto from a team looking to just add a bat, bolster their bench? And when they come to Joey with any potential offer, what does he say?
0: Well, I know it will break my heart as uh, as much love as I have for this team. And as much as I have enjoyed Joey Votto uh, as a member of the Cincinnati Reds, uh, it would break my heart. And at the same time, if he can go get a ring, I say good for him. Go get it. That's That's really what I think.
1: And and he you know, it's up to him at that point. Right. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. he could say not interested. I don't want to play for anybody but the Cincinnati Reds. But but then there's the that's cool, Joey we're not bringing you back next year. And so if you want to keep playing, you're either going to have to negotiate a fresh contract with us. That's not going to pay you 20 mil because I I just, I, 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 I refuse to believe it's going to make sense to pay a 40 year old first baseman. Maybe by that point slash DH, maybe by then majority DH, $20 million. I don't care if there's no, the, the franchise of aligned payroll to the resources doesn't give a 40 year old first baseman who hasn't been an elite player in over a half decade 20 million dollars. And so that is the scenario that I'm fascinated by. Joey performs well. Reds aren't good. Joey could still help a team. Reds get an offer. Now you have to have the conversation. Does Joey say yes uh, and and go and try to win a ring? Or have some degree of team postseason success, or does he say no, and is that the end? Um, one might argue there aren't going to be a ton of interesting storylines during the twenty twenty three season.
2: <laughs> I just outlined what I though. think is the most interesting.
1: Yep. For right? I mean, sure. think about that. Uh, players of players of Joey's stature, right? In the in the history of this organization, the Reds tried to trade Larkin in two thousand. He said no. They traded Perez. They did try to trade Johnny Bench. Nobody ever wants to admit that, but Dick Wagner did try to trade Johnny Bench. Nobody wanted him. Uh, Pete Rose left. Like that's <laughs> there, there's all those guys that Joey came up with in the late two thousands. All of them: Bruce Cueto, Bailey, uh, Drew Stubbs, uh, uh I know Devin was didn't really come up with Joey, but like that, like that five or six year stretch where they kept bringing these guys to the big leagues. Ain't none of those dudes finished their career just as a red. Uh, I think that is the single, maybe the single most interesting storyline next season. Uh, Joey Votto possibly is last year. How does he play? What does, what do August and September look like? Does he spend August, September somewhere else? Interesting well, you can to think bet
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. You can bet that we'll be talking about it. We know for sure you'll be talking about it. Uh, he is Mo Edgar. You can hear him 3 to 6 p.m. on ESPN 1530, most days, sometimes over on 700 WLW and on the I Radio app. Mo, thanks so much for being here. This has been a great talk. It's always fun having you around. Uh, can't wait to do it again. All right, Steve. Anytime.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Really appreciate Mo getting the chance to sit down with uh, with Steve and, and get to talk about this offseason. They did a great job these last couple of days looking at the just the terrible image that Reds fans have of ownership and if there's any way they can repair that at all. Plus the the talk of the players, whether Joey Votto, we're, we're seeing him in his last years, the Red, or you know Kyle Farmer. What's he? What are the Reds going to do with him? All of that great stuff. If you missed any of it, make sure you check part one out. That was yesterday on the podcast. And by the way, coming up tomorrow, we are going to dig into some very mm, let, let's call it, um, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna rehash this season. I know. That's not everybody's favorite thing, but we are going to break it down and tell you what it all means on tomorrow's podcast in part one of our breakdown of 2022. That's coming up tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB, as Sully has you covered throughout the postseason with his unique perspective, and he's going to sprinkle in a little bit of humor in there as well. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. We will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow because we are locked on Reds every single day.